bring Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell. We are in control now. You fucking mark! Yes, y'all, the launch codes have been punched in and we're ready to blast off here. Channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group exclusive veteran locker room. What you subscribe for, the real inside talk on all the bullshit news. So sit back, relax, you made it through another week and oblivion hasn't come yet. <laughs> but the week's not over here at Hameen Media Group. YOLO! Oh, what's good, guys? What's good? Glad to be back here. HMG unit soldiers had a good time last night hanging out in the uh, AEW self-help. And you know I always have a great time hanging out with my main man, the Striz, the 1111 captain. The Wednesday locker room is back free on Podbean. HameenMediaGroup.Podbean.com. And he's back with us in the Friday locker room. Strangler Steve King. What's good, Striz? Hey, buddy. It's just great to be back on the Friday locker room. Yeah, we've been doing Wednesday locker rooms. Had a great, um, so lots of great feedback from old time listeners that were listening yeah, to us way back in the day. They're slowly but surely starting to all come back now. After the we did our first show a couple of weeks ago, and now all of a sudden the ball is starting to roll a little bit. And uh, mm. you know it's been fun getting back together with the guys with uh, Billy Ray Valentine and uh, Andrew Bello, and uh, just talking shop. You know some wrestling, some this, some that, and uh, you know it's it's just a lot of fun. And uh, those the listeners are just the coolest bunch of dudes. There's a lot of them listen to this show, obviously. So it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of cool to be on two little different uh, uh, platforms and uh, get the feedback. Because, it, it, like, I've always said for years now that the Hameen Media Group has the greatest bunch of listeners. Like, a lot of respectful dudes who just want to learn more about the biz, and it's been a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Because you know how it is talking about wrestling. It can get grinding and grueling, and you just don't want to – Bring it up, but right now it's five fifty-three in the morning here in Phoenix, and I'm ready to go because, like, at least the people who listen like like appreciate it and respect the insight. So it's like it's motivating, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you starting your day that early with uh, a bunch of phony wrestling strizzes. It's <laughs> almost nine a.m. here in the Missile Silo on the east side of town. Uh, but y'all, uh, wherever you guys are listening on the ride home or on your weekend, uh, you know, I know that there's people all over the place, all over the world, and putting us on in the background whether you're mowing the lawn or keeping the streets safe we got police officers and uh, everybody out from custodial to management everybody man educators it's crazy the reach that we have so wherever you're checking in and uh, make sure you check in with at strangler steve because you can get your shout out on wednesday that's always a big part of the show to actually really be interactive with the hm gg unit soldiers out there and that's always a fun part of the wednesday locker room hearing those shout outs and uh, everybody checking in man that's good family time no doubt cool Oh, man, uh, it's been a uh, crazy biz week. Uh, you know, our other uh, 2CW brother, uh, J.D. Love, and his shoot brother <laughs> yeah. uh, are going to check out a, a place today, Striz, that uh, you know, Josh and I looked at for a possible first dispensary this weekend. Yeah. The our, I don't want to say, well, they're competition, but we're all going to need to be on the same side eventually, so I want to babyface form bonds with them. But uh, in Syracuse, Flintstone is um, going to be the first 
opening uh, legal dispensary. I'm hoping we'll be second, maybe third to market uh, in that. There's only three licenses. <laughs> we got. Right. But uh, he he was way ahead of the game, and it'll be cool to go to his shop this weekend and and uh, big up his stuff, buy some, uh, you know, make a nice purchase, and then mm-hmm. get this cannabis thing kicked off because every day we're just – Chipping away at that, HMG Locals, and then, and then uh, HMG, uh, obviously, podcasts, everything that's going on there, and Horseshoe Genetics. I got uh, all of our supplements uh, that we've got out on the market so far up on Amazon uh, for for purchase now, which is no small <laughs> thing to do. It took me about two weeks to to get all that completed, man. So everything's ticking right along, man. Big biz as usual, and uh, thankfully, I'm kind of off the road till july 8th i'm back in coble skill to defend uh probably the heavyweight title for immortal maybe double might be doing double shot that in the tag and then uh the following week back in canada july 16th at crossfire to defend my uh canadian heavyweight title that's pretty cool man yeah like the indies usually have a lighter schedule in the summer because folks go away college is out everybody's going home and people have summer to you know that small window of actually being able to go outside and do stuff especially in the Northeast, like in Syracuse. I lived in Syracuse for two years, and I think mm-hmm. maybe like during the two summers I lived there, we probably had 15 days where it was like you could actually enjoy being outside where it wasn't either, you know, <laughs> 85 and 600% humidity right. <laughs> or like raining and freezing in June. You know what I mean? Like you, you That's like kind of where we're at. Window, you know? Yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. It was 91 last week scorched all the plants and now it's been 60 and rainy all week yeah, long here yeah. you know what i mean which is how i i'm fine operating in that temperature yeah well, <laughs> so, you know, that's one of the best things about like when summer would start to tail off and it starts cooling down is like all right shows are going to start amping back up especially with if you do like indie stuff like around college towns as you know like the, the students need something you know a place to blow off steam and you start doing those like those shows towards midterms and things and you get great houses and rowdy crowds yeah it's always real a lot of a lot of fun that way yeah it'll be uh it'll be an interesting summer we haven't played Coble skill before so it'll be our first time there so hopefully we get all the right mm-hmm. promotion and we've got some hometown people from there so they'll help draw so uh, but yeah, it's nice to not have anything the rest of, I don't say anything every weekend's packed, you know, and especially this time with weddings and graduation oh, and all yeah, that shit. Yeah. So, uh, it's, there's never really any downtime whatsoever. It's just uh, one thing to another man. But, uh, did you watch uh, AEW last night or no? I did. And, uh, I, I, I actually, you know, it's funny. I had seen the card earlier in the day on Facebook. And I was looking at it. Okay, there's a nice little card that somebody had made. And I said, well, that's, you know, that's a pretty packed pay-per-view coming up. And I, I, maybe, you know, I, not that I would buy it, but, man, it's a, it's a pretty good show. And I realized it was actually on TV. As like Because AEW comes on here at 7 o'clock. And I start watching. I'm like, wait a minute. Or 6 o'clock, actually. And um, they start off with, you know, MJF and uh, Adam Cole. And like, wait a minute, they're wrestling tonight? I thought this was for, for a pay-per-view. So it was like a pay-per-view worthy yeah. card on free TV. I was like, wow, that, that's that's nuts. Like, I was actually kind of excited for it. So, you know, we, we watched it and, um, you know, some some hits, some misses, but um, the overall pretty pretty decent. I agree. I, I think that's exactly probably my takeaway from it. And uh, to open with that is the which is a main event pay-per-view match yeah. as your opener. And then 
pull 30 minutes. We'll talk about more of this on Light the Fuse, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, and then <laughs> these are supposed to be the smart fans, the da-da-da-da, and I compare them to 2CW, which is the holdover mm-hmm. ECW ultimate smart fans, right? And uh, the fact that they went time limit draw, and mm-hmm. then they had to get on their knees to each other, and Adam Cole goes, five more minutes dude mm-hmm. as soon as it went time limit draw and in, into cw the crowd would have been on that five more minutes right. right away so i'm like these fucking smarks who act like they're so smart and they know every little fucking thing didn't even know that in the hardcore you know wrestling we want more you know, and or fight forever. That that was their time to do five uh, five more minutes chant, and they all fucking sat on their yeah, hands. They need to be coached. Yeah, dude, terrible. Yeah, terrible. And you know, the, I'll, I'll give AEW credit with this though, is that they didn't do the classic overly done eighteen minutes remaining. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so bad and cliche, and, and you know it's yes, co- you know it's coming to a time yeah, limit there to give horrible. it away. WCW was. Uh, you know, the worst at doing that because they did tons of uh, and NWA used to do tons of Broadways back in the day, lots of Broadways. Mm-hmm. And um, this way, you know, when the finish is happening, they don't have to time it perfectly. They can just, you know, just tell the timekeeper when you see this happen, you ring the bell on two. They could have ring the bell on one, they could have ringed it as soon as he laid on top of the dude. You know, it's to make it just a hair different, you know what I mean? Yeah, but they yeah. did the one, two ring the bell thing. So, you know, I mean, it was still. You know, really good match. Uh, you know, I, I personally don't see Adam Cole as a, as a top guy, and not as, as, as a babyface anyway. But, uh, you know, MJF, um, I put out a tweet last night, you know, saying great MJF's performance as a champion. And uh, I just wanted to see what people thought. And I put A, B, C, uh, D slash F. And most people put C. I, I, I think he's doing a kind of C job as a champion. But, um, okay. you know, I... Not exactly sure what he's missing, but I think the, the promos go a little too deep, Long too many swears, yeah. and yeah. Sure. But um, I think his the, the biggest problem with MJF is that there's no babyface out there that can kind of match him on the mic, which kind of hurts MJF a little bit. Like it's like yes, he's you know decent at the promo, but you know you also need a dancing partner too, and there's really not a lot of guys out there who can kind of go toe-to-toe because they're afraid to, like, either yeah. break that wall or whatever. And the, the hottest thing Adam Cole did during his build-up in a promo was say, like, oh, well, let's go both piss in a cup. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. He They start to do that shit, and MJF is, you know, a climate change expert now and <laughs> very yeah. simple wrestling, but he definitely should be half short and twice strong in his promos. But Adam Cole left a ton on the table. It's not that he can't deliver – but you should have called him a little theater, Nancy, and and oh, want to do a little guys and dolls for us before we wrestle. Right. You know what I mean? Like make fun of all the pennies in heaven stuff, all the Jericho dance. Uh, you know, uh, big number that they did that way. Like if you want that, you want to go. This ain't Broadway, but if you want to go Broadway, I'm all game for it, pal. And we'll test you. Like they didn't even scratch the surface, much like WWE of the heat that they should be digging into there. Just one quick steroid joke and we're out, um, right. you know, and MJF should have come right back over the top and be like, Hey, if you need the guy's number, I can hook you up. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and yeah. then buried somebody in WWF. I would have thrown whoever the hookup is there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one thing I, I, I did like about the match and WWE has been doing this lately too, is you have to like Adam Cole as the baby face 
to become top contender to earn a mm-hmm. championship match has to wrestle the actual champion. It doesn't make a lot of sense because if he were to beat MJF and pin him in the ring or submit him, you've already got the initial pop. You'll never get a pop as big as that one the second time around. So if he beats MJF to win the title match down the road, you've already seen him MJF mm-hmm. lose. So that takes all the wind out of the, the angle anyway. If MJF beats Adam Cole clean, you know, you're a piece of shit. And what are you doing in my ring? Right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's hard to get out of those kinds of things. That's why when you're building a, a contender, it's that he's beating other top people in the, in the company before he gets to the championship match. So like I've seen in WWF, like in WWE, like the, the ladies tag team titles or whatever, if they have to beat them to become contenders, like this doesn't make sense. Right. I, I like that MJF left with his heat. Usually when we do five more minutes in 2CW, both guys agree, but this guy's a heater champion, so you take it away. Right. So that's the smart move. Um, the other part of that stakes could have been if they had set it up a different way is that he doesn't, you know, he's got to beat MJF to, or, or, or MJF. If, if he loses to MJF, he never gets another title shot again, right? Mm-hmm. Or never gets a title shot. Then you could have gone 30-minute draw, and that could have sent MJF off that, he didn't beat him, so now he's getting right. a title shot as well. That's right, a, right. a different semantics are important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, it, it, but all in all, uh, an interesting setup last night. Um, here's what I think, and here's what I wanted to kind of get to 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 get your professional promoter opinion. Um, we're still fucked in Canada. I mean, 833 in Hamilton, 1700 in Toronto in toronto bro you know what i mean like you should be at least at six to eight thousand no doubt um and and we're talking less than two weeks away now pretty much two weeks on the button and uh what do we do steve if we're management we are sweating it we really haven't made this the pro canada even though we brought back Omega, we had Jericho on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Ethan Page. We've got Sean Spears. We've got like uh, probably a half dozen others I'm not even thinking of off the top of my head, uh, Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we ignite the know. flame to, to make sure that to, to sell 1,200 so we take 833 to 2,000, at least that's digestible. Anything under 2,000 is a fucking – I mean, even 2,000 is a complete wash, yeah. really. For a television company, absolutely. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. And yeah. you can only pay for so much of the building. There's only going to be so many people who actually want to go see the show, right. whether they pay for it or not. And they already have the whole seat-filling section that so comes So what do you free. do? What do you do, man? It's stop building – not every venue has to be an arena. I mentioned this before on, on the show is that, hey, there's there's something to be said for having those ECW style bingo halls where sure. you pack the living shit out of it, where 1,700 people not only look like, you know, a riot's going to happen, but it's also loud and, you know, you're closer I, and more intimate. Sorry, space. I'm not I, I'm not trying to jump on what you're saying here, but that's that's the right strategy. We've gone with the wrong strategy. You got 12 days. <laughs> Tony says, I need to make sure this house is over 2,000. Take, do a venue change. Okay, do that's what you're change. saying. Take it right yeah. out of there then. And you don't, you don't have to tell people why. You just say, you know, do, you know, do this, you know, something behind the, you know, the blah, 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 the promoter. The show has been moved to X and X. You know, if you use your same ticket, it's, it's still good. And then mm-hmm. anybody who might have had the outer side seats, then they bring the ticket. Okay, you're going to be sitting over here, and you just group everybody in closer. You know, you don't need tons and tons of lighting. You don't even even have to have pyro for a particular show. Just shoot it like a thing and call it like you know, like 
street fight night or some yeah. silly thing. Come up, you know, take 15 minutes, get with your, you know, your best dudes who have good ideas and say, all right, it's crunch time, guys. We, here's what we're doing. We're changing venues. We're making it smaller, more intimate. What can we do to have a theme night and just, you know, get out of this, you know, without looking like we, you know, nobody wants to see this product. Sure. The, the only know? thing I can think of is how do we draw them in? almost for free just to save face and make it this pro Canadian homecoming bit. And it'd be tough as fuck to pull off in 12 days because this, it's no small. Yeah, I mean, to, even to if put you want to do a, something like bobblehead night, it's too late to have things produced. So, well, like I would maybe, say, can you do this? Uh, Fozzie does a free concert and you move the venue outside like the rock and wrestling show. Mm -hmm. And that invites all people to come see the free Fozzie concert and fuck the draw on the gate. We just can't look I bad. I can't imagine more people want to see Fozzie than a wrestling show. Yeah, but so if you give away the concert for free, it might draw 2,000 people. Then you got 2,800 standing around ringside when it's time for the wrestling right. show. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking, how can we utilize our Canadian talent for their homecoming as uh, we bring we yeah, bring maybe you do like a free camp. meet and greet with everybody afterwards like none of the talents leaving until after you know we're doing the you know yeah. a big get together schmaz dinner you know type thing or whatever you know what i mean like we'll do a q a we'll do this we'll do that and see if it brings people in but yeah the free concert is at least it's you're trying yeah you know? I'm just thinking under a time crunch we're fucked it's gonna look bad everybody's gonna come down on us yeah. What can we do in 12 days as an emergency, all hands on deck, using the Canadians we have, the entertainment power and value we have? How do we get a hold of Drake? How do we get a right. hold of Trailer Park Boys? How do we get a hold of Letter Kenny? Um, who else maybe from uh, Canada that might be an outside celebrity draw that's going to give us a thousand people right. like that? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a tough, that's a that's a tough role right there. But while we're talking about him, uh, one of their hands who's not going to be on deck, and uh, let me see here, uh, actually, and this is you knew this was coming, but I'm wondering uh, if it is because of something real or are the boys just ribbing? Um, but B, you saw the BJ Whitmer story uh, released. Yeah. Released from AEW uh, based on, uh, you know, a home or I'm not sure it was at his home or domestic violence uh, charge and then also burglary charge mm -hmm. and was released. And that's in, in Kentucky. So I don't know if he's living back in uh, Louisville or that area now, but uh, this got sent to me last night via Stooge Report. No, oh, geez. Steph. Wow. Six two muscular. muscular. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. But backstage now, I don't know. I've never met him. So no, me neither. I, I, I'm reserving any and all commentary on this. So I'm not yeah. just talking. Yeah, when it comes know. to anything where there's uh some sort of legalese involved, yeah. let it play itself out, don't get involved and let let whatever happens is gonna happen. But I I know I've heard the name a million times, but I can't tell you I've never seen him work in the ring. And I, I guess certainly haven't worked with him as a producer, so yeah, I'm surprised we didn't have him in in two uh, CW because well, he he's a, a ROH guy, right? Well, yeah, he's a ROH guy. Those guys yeah. got contracted at one point, and mm. all of a sudden we just went dry on Ring of Honor guys. Mm. Yeah, it seemed like he would have come through during the Steam time, possibly, but you know, never. I mean, obviously, I've known the name, and he, he got the producer gig, so he's down with uh, the Cool Kids Club. But uh, 
it said uh choking and burglary to me that like when you hear burglary you're it's like oh it's a breaking and entering that uh that right. that can be as much as taking the girlfriend's phone and trying to go through it and you know what i mean sure. so uh i like i said i don't know any details that i'm not going to speculate on any of that but the, just to see that poster there on the door yeah after letting them go is bj whitmer the i mean you don't want to be like you after a guy's been charged with <laughs> breaking and entering and assault like after getting fired is this the guy that's going to show up with, to fuck me like what the fuck is my job like drive the dc yeah right i think he's got other stuff, stuff on his mind at the <laughs> time right. I, I don't think you have a problem with it, but they're probably just doing it just a precaution just yeah. to make sure, hey, listen. Or just to fuck around and bury, you know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah, that could yeah. be true. He could have his, you know, his naysayers, obviously. Everybody has a few, you know what I mean? Like, you might think of the best baby face in the world, but there's going to be somebody who's just can't get it, you know, wants to see it burn at yeah. the stake for yeah. whatever reason. You know, he didn't shake his hand in 1987, you know, so he's had heat ever since or whatever, so. There's always people always starting shit. That's just the business. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I wonder what happens like once if, if he gets. I don't know if the right word is exonerated or whatever, but uh, let like found innocent or whatever charges, charges. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Right? Will, charges will they let him back into the uh, his job or you know is that it for him? You know, and if that's the case, if he is found like not guilty or whatever, I wonder what kind of recourse he has because he's like, I just I lost my job over this. It took me. You know, to get to get into the producer's realm, that little small circle of post-wrestling, I still have a job in the industry. Right. That's like the minute of the minute, you know. Just to getting a, a job as a wrestler is impossible. Then once you, you know, you stuck around long enough to show your worth where you can, you know, have a say in things, that's even smaller, you know. So to, to lose that job and then have it be for something that wasn't, you know, you were yeah. cleared of the charges of, then... That's 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 really gonna. If be, you uh, really want to know though, and there and that's out there, and I'm sure somebody sent that to him as well. You know, oh, I'm sure he's boys. seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that guy's been around, I think, there for a while, bro. And there's a lot of skeletons and bodies mm-hmm. buried and things of just in the AEW time that are yeah that could very easily make their way to light. So they're playing with fucking matches there. If that's like a fuck you rib, you know what I mean? As opposed yeah. to this guy could actually show up and do something like uh, either way. Like, hmm, why, why poke the bear right there with a guy who's got not much left to lose? You know what I mean? Right. He's, he's worrying about his other stuff. So that, that to me is uh, the kind of bad karma you don't want to put out there. Now, if it's just a safety thing and people real, really, really were worried, that's one thing. But <laughs> I don't think any wrestler's like, oh, BJ Whitmer might show up and fuck us up. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, right. what are you going to do? Yeah. So, uh, and, and anybody working the door, like, oh, no, stop. Like, what if he pulls out a pistol? That says, <laughs> you ain't going to fucking do nothing. Yeah. So, to me, it all just comes down to that this is a fuck you rib backstage of, of what it is man but uh interesting we haven't had a, a, a an arrest story and that's uh, the first one to kick off summer here yeah have you ever worked in a locker room where somebody was uh barred from being in the locker room or in the building uh, was it zs3 or no i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> i don't think he was banned he was just, they, people just hoped he just wouldn't show up <laughs> no um i'm trying to think if there was somebody in ovw who kind of had that status and was yeah. fucking wasn't allowed around i can't remember off the top of my head but it does feel familiar but not not on a on a big grand scale no yeah but there's only one guy I can think of in two seasons. Well, no, we had one guy definitely for sure. 
that was not welcome in the locker room. And I had to tell certain guys that, uh, cause he would ride with them. Like, I know you're I don't talking want to about see this person around and, uh, you know, he's not yeah. going to work here and he's not going to sit in the crowd. So he, if he wants to buy a ticket, fine. But if I see his ass back here, yeah, you're the one with the heat. No, I get it. And I, I worked a lot so, with him after two CW and yeah, I, I know, yeah. I know, and I know one thing can lead to that, I, you know, and, and I would never, never have any in issue. my building. Hmm. No, yeah. He, like, you know, there's only certain things that, like, you let fly and, you know, if you can't trust the guy because he's got sticky fingers or whatever, they, you know, if they're willing to, to hurt the company they're working for. It goes all the way up. Uh, Earl yeah. Hebner, uh, right, or the was right. it Earl or Dave uh, for the warehouse T-shirt Both. gimmicks? So yeah, like uh, you know, there it knows no bounds that way yeah. for sure. It's interesting, man. Yeah. Oh, the way it is. See. Yeah. Uh, somebody making the uh, the podcast rounds, and maybe we we'll even have them here on a, on a locker room. Um, I saw he was on Rip Rogers and also on Stevie Ray TV. It's Ryback uh, after winning his trademark is uh, out doing the media circuit now. And I uh, was glad to see him. Uh, you know, he just put Rip over to the nth degree. And it was cool to kind of flash back to that time with Von Lilas because that was, uh, I mean, absolutely our heyday. We were all there the exact mm-hmm. same time and all the stories he was telling. I was there for it's always interesting to hear it from different people's perspective and small details that I have gone out of my head and like come rushing back like that. So that's a great uh, watch on, on Rip Rogers with Von Lilas. Ryback was on yesterday live and uh, you can check that on YouTube for free. And then Stevie Ray TV coming off of the heat with Booker T and Booker T kind of can't keep going or was told to shut the fuck up and not put this guy over. And Stevie Ray, you don't give no fucks. He's not beholden to anybody. He's his <laughs> own man. Who's going to do what's what. And, we're, and it's already got uh, a lot of great views there. So two big Ryback interviews this week. Uh, but he's uh, actually put out a challenge to Bill Goldberg because Goldberg's going to do his retirement tour, and that match had been thwarted in WWE a couple different ways. Uh, he says, feed me Goldberg, despite WWE illegally restricting my social media the last seven years. You great fans have kept me alive. We got a lot of work to do, but my story's just beginning. Uh, the truth wins, and my hunger will will never be fulfilled. Hungry at Goldberg. <laughs> uh, I do a good ride back, but uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that that two monsters, you know, and and to hook it up, dream booking wise, if this yeah. is the the way to go out, man. Uh, uh, Reeves looked or Ryback looked awesome. I mean, he's just training fucking like a, a psychopath. You can tell, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a guy who's uh, a, a smart businessman says controversial things doesn't put up with shit sometimes you can knuckle down maybe on a on, <laughs> on something that's not the hill to die on but the guys worked his ass off and people still keep trying to like discredit him there's m- <laughs> millions upon millions of dollars written on Ryback in so yeah. many different ways um but him versus goldberg i think in a retirement match would be good because it hasn't happened in a, in a dream booking like that is what you and I and Josh specialize in, you yep. know, so yeah, for sure. But the only thing is, is that you can't trust booking that match because WWE, I, I, it feels like has uh, Goldberg on, I don't want to say a short leash, but they hold the, the pot of gold and they could book him as many or as few times as they want to. And those are million dollar deals. And like, if you have Goldberg booked against Ryback, I could see WWE going, yeah, hey, Bill, um, we have 12 dates for you. They're a million bucks a piece yeah. just to fuck your show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just to you fuck know? it up. So it, it's like 
you, you can't touch it with a 10 foot pole because you know, you're going to get financially fucked mm-hmm. in that deal. Yeah. It's interesting, especially with Ari Emanuel <laughs> at the top where he makes one call to the brothers of the tribe over in Israel, yeah. where you want to have the big Jerusalem show or whatever. And then it fucking goes sideways. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause cause WWE didn't want to step up and, uh, upset their Saudi masters by <laughs> yeah. letting, the, letting the Jews have the fucking shine. Well, in do Israel. you know what the heat is with the office and uh, Goldberg? I, I, um, uh, Reed, like, well, yeah, like what? Oh, yeah, what dude. happened? So he goes into it in depth, especially on Rip's podcast that I was okay. watching yesterday. So it all goes back to when he's hurt and uh they are promising the moon he's gonna have this run and that run and then they have him job to Kalisto because he didn't sign his contract before that uh he was going to be released uh in in one of the bloodbaths right and he was one of the last guys to get called and he's like you're not firing me i'm coming back i've been working and da, da, da. and he talked johnny ace out of firing him uh like on the phone during wow. the firing one and then and he's got no empathy, Ace. He nope, couldn't give no nope, shit. No. Nope. Right. So then uh, he, Ryback goes back to TV that week with a fucked up ankle, kind of, and hasn't signed his contract and goes on. But the termination papers show up. And he, he calls Ace, what the fuck, man? And Ace's like, no, 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 just rip those up. And da, 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 da. that's not, that's bullshit. That was sent out before legal got the notice you were staying. So now he knows he's got leverage with these fucking termination papers, right? And yeah. that's where it kind of begins of the, like, I got you by the balls, but I'm not going to say anything. Oh, you got us by the balls? We got you by the balls. We're not going to say anything. And then he eventually just uh, goes into Chrono's office and says, fuck this, I'm going home. He's all fucked up. His mind's fucked up. And they try and do the Ryback trademark thing and, and take mm-hmm. all that, which is real essential to his – um uh fitness brand uh health sure. products and stuff you know and just fucking with them silent he every way and then he goes off online and says what they're doing and they just stay silent and they got probably with twitter and some other social media platforms and shadow banned the fuck out of him for seven years and wow. now he's now he's gotten his trademark back he's been going at elon every day for like three years straight and uh they they also like i guess refreshed his account and he's not banned now so now that he's got all that legal behind him and owns the name that's why he's kind of on the tour but they have been pulling this wwe's gonna fuck with you and and you don't hear about it you know about it but and and what's getting stooged off and the boys might tell you but they can never come up and support you because they'll get right no no yeah 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 yeah, the, the boys will treat you like you know, cancer at that point. Yep. They don't, like, brother, I, I, you know, I love you, brother, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I got to have a job to worry about. I got to pay my bills. I see a lot of people going like, he's fucking delusional. He never worked because in his, he's proud of what he got to do. Like, you look at that guy, yeah, yeah. and he worked with Cena and all these guys, and I'd be like, he thinks he's a main eventer. He never worked with I'm like, dude. He worked with Punk. He when Punk fucking worked with the top guys, bro. Yeah, yeah of course. And, and Walked around the ring with Mark Henry on his back doing the yeah. march. Before, yeah. Come on, come on. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he was a top property for sure. And I think you think that's why Mark Henry has heat with him because Mark Henry's one of his big detractors too. That does talk shit. Yeah, man. So Mark's probably (sighs) still in the pocket with the office. I I think all those old WWE guys have some sort of kayfabe legends deal or get a couple bucks to report back and stooge what's going on in Mm. AEW back to the office. That's why I thought it was ridiculous when Tony Khan signed all those guys like Big Show and all the, you know, they're all stooging, I'm sure, back to the office and getting a couple bucks in their pocket and, 
you know, hey, don't put over a ride back. Don't, you know, put put the boots to that guy every chance you get. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Yeah. You know, so it, it's, it's silly. If I were Tony Khan, I would sign Ryback and I'd have him go out there and do a promo. Like, this is the only place that's, you know, has the balls enough to hire me. I used to work over there in Columbine and WWE did this to me. They did this to me, you know, and I'm, I'm here to clear my name and win championships the way I was promised over there. And they fell through on it. I'm here to, you know, make a name for myself or whatever. I mean, look at the guy. If he had the world belt, would you think, oh, that guy couldn't be world champion? Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Like, well, the thing, the thing to build is, side, you know? the and thing so, to build is, is a, with MJF in the mix is a catalyst, but is Wardlow versus Ryback, mm-hmm. right? So, oh, yeah, for sure. How, however you build it. Or Hobbs. Ward, yeah, or, and Hobbs, too, yeah. yeah. But I think Wardlow with the titles there to get back to MJF and right before he does – Ryback comes in because MJF paid him off and fucks over Wardlow. And then MJ, MJF has to face Ryback after that. That's part of the deal. Loses. Right. And then we get Wardlow chasing Ryback with a grudge because he fucked him out of his moment of winning. You know? So you have Wardlow. Uh, so, is it, so then that would be a double baby face match? what Ryback is a baby no yeah. Ryback would come in paid off MJF pays him off right uh, like Warlow's on the chase about to get to MJF yeah. out of nowhere surprise Ryback shows up fucking kills Warlow right. he, so he's the heel because he was hired by he's MJF. hired but in but, the hiring he also gets a fucking title shot beats MJF in in two seconds wins the title now Warlow's got to chase fucking you know, I, I, hey, I think there'd be a, a lot of money in like um, a Ryback versus Miro for the title. Sure, two monsters yeah. that can rip each other's heads off. I would love to see. That. Could you imagine? Look at what we got now. Not that MJF is in a great promo, but whatever we've done with the pillars, we could have Hobbs, Wardlow, Ryback, yeah. and fucking uh, who'd you just say? Sorry, uh, 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 uh Hobbs, Ryback, uh, Wardlow, and uh, Miro. Miro, yeah, dude. Now those are pillars that yeah. you build your fucking roof on, right yeah. there. Not no, somebody not the, the channels go. Wow, I want to see these guys battle it out. You know? Yeah, well, let's let's uh, right on. You're right on the the other story there. I mean, not necessarily AEW, but AEW. Hulk Hogan, brother, says on modern wrestlers, you guys look like you should be bagging my groceries. Uh, on the Full Send podcast, Hogan talked about the recurrent wrestling landscape compared to his area. He says, all the guys I wrestle look like monster size, and nowadays there are a lot of guys and look like wrestlers, and there are a lot of guys that don't. A lot of guys that look like wrestlers, and then you got guys that they look like they should be bagging my groceries, so the difference is how athletic the guys are. Smaller guys can do all kinds of crazy stuff. They do so much impressive stuff in one match. I wouldn't do that much in a year. But what does it mean, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously uh, the greatest of all time, the biggest draw, and uh, you can do next to nothing and get over with character, especially if you look like a larger-than-life figure. However, cue Adam Cole, baby, and all we do is point a thumb at our fucking head and throw a shitty flying knee with mm-hmm. our cool guy jacket on, and that's supposed to be enough to carry everything when – You've got a Ryback, you've got right. a Wardlow, you've got a Hobbs, dude. Like it's 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 almost embarrassing. You can prove that it's not enough because look at the ratings and look at their mm. attendance. Mm. And it's just they start putting these the, the smaller guys over. And you know, I, I hate to say it, it's like it, you know people want to see the heavyweights. They want to see like the larger than life attractions. I'm not saying if the the smaller guys can't work. They sure they can. They can. They 
you know, they can put on a great show. It's just that people want to see like a spectacle. They want to see like the train wreck. They want to see, you know, the like guys that don't look like them. Yeah. You know, do it. And uh, when I broke into the business, listen, I'm five foot six on a good day. I was 185 pounds when I started at Killer Kowalski's Institute for Professional Wrestling. You had to be 205 pounds to be able to do a job in WWF. So I got up to 210 and uh, it took a lot of work to get there. But finally, I could I could just be the smallest guy there at 210. Now they have dudes like that are a buck 50, like working. I think back in my day, and I hate sounding like the old guy, but it's true. They wouldn't have been allowed to even be the referee because they would have been too small. Yeah, that's true. And it's just it's just amazing how things have changed. But I think part of it is because it had to change because there are no more six foot seven guys coming through the doors wanting to learn how to be pro wrestlers. Those mm-hmm. guys are off doing movies or going into other lines of work because there's not tons of money to be made in wrestling anymore like there used to be, at least not on the independent circuit. Back when I was doing indies, when I broke in in 1992, you could make your living doing independent wrestling because the pay was way better than it is now all these years later. If I worked four dates back then, I would have had like 650 bucks in my pocket. Well, there was fucking half the amount of workers that there are now too, right? Like everybody's a fucking wrestler as soon as they get kick pads and trunks, right? It doesn't matter if you're five foot uh, eight and uh, no muscles whatsoever. And and think of of it like this too. The value of money has gone down so much that when I would bring in 650 for doing four dates for Killer Kowalski, my rent was $500 a month. Right. Right. There, there are no more five hundred dollar a month apartments. No, no. That doesn't exist. No, no. So now you do an indie show. If you're lucky, you get twenty, twenty five bucks. You can hardly buy dinner with that. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's right. Ridiculous. You can't. You can't really. So the money's gone down. Money. Inflation's gone up. You know, there's there's a there's a gap there. And you know, Killer Kowalski shows used to draw two thousand, three thousand people to them. I have the videos. I was on. Mm-hmm. You know, and now if you people like will give each other high fives because they got eighty people in the crowd. I think, man, yeah. what a fucking yeah. failure that show is. And I'm looking at it, and you can hear individual voices from the crowd snickering and getting their shit over on the workers, and other fans are reacting to that fan. It's like yeah. cringeworthy type shit. Like, yeah, I, that that draws to me too when I see whatever botcha mania or or anybody even like, oh, check this out of this spot. Da, 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 da. And that even if it's good, and I look, the first thing I look at is the crowd. I'm like, oh, they got two rows on on two sides of the ring, and right. they're barely <laughs> full. And then on the other two sides, there's six, eight rows, and they're like, it was standing room only. And I'm like, right. Right, oh, you, so you drew 120. We drew, yeah, 400 people is nothing to be proud of. We used to go to high school gyms and armories where they pull out the bleachers on both sides all yeah. the way out and fill the room. And it, the typical high school, like I said, would fit at least 2,000 people packed mm-hmm. in. And it's just completely different from, like, you walk in and go, I can't imagine as a fan watching this thinking, I want to do this too. Because it doesn't seem cool at all. And, it, it, you know, there's there's way less people than there have ever been. There's way mm-hmm. less money than there's ever been. Like, what would make, you know, motivate somebody to be like, I'm going to join a wrestling school yeah. and become a wrestler because I want to be here. Whereas you could see when people come into the ring and you're going to the ring in these indies back in the day, like you were still perceived as a star, even though you might not have been on TV, people saw you and thought, well, this is one guy performing in front of 2,500, 3,000 people. All eyes are on you. You seem like a big deal. Yeah. 
if Uncle Richie is in the front row going, hey, Michael, hey, Michael, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's Uncle Richie. Yeah. <laughs> he can like, come to wrestling school, too, and be a manager. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy, just bring your money, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's you just, don't know it's how true that is. different dynamic than it was. Like, you know, and I, I, I admit, it was 31 years ago when I broke in doing that stuff, so it's a completely different business. But, you know, what the boiling point brings it all down to it is it's still the same industry. It's yeah. just, it's, it's just perceived a lot differently now because back in 92, it was still kayfabe. People still knew it was work, but you didn't give into it. Right. You know what I mean? You would never sell that it's the work. You'd never give the wink and a nod and a little smile, snarky, uh, like smiling referee who's kind of in on it with you and give right, you a wink. Right. And, <laughs> you know, that, that's, you would have been, I thought that ref spot during then. MJF where he like the ref blocks then, the punch yeah. and takes the fucking ring. I was like, what? No, that to me was Bryce, real, yeah. real not good, dude. Like, no, I would never have him touching the, the workers anyway. No. no. Why he, would he be able to block a punch? The guy himself is like five, two, you know, like, right. He should have just turned around, been in the wrong spot, taking the punch and we get a right. second referee down. So we get the ring over of what it is so while he punches the ref goes down he turns then adam kick cole can hit him with something and knock him the fuck out there yeah. too like yeah like to have the ref be the strongest guy stops the champ no really yeah. like, yeah. oh, right just him in real life if you were to make a fist there's, there's no way that kid could straighten my finger out to get no. ring off my hand go ahead and try it yeah I <laughs> i've said things like this in the past when with like people who have silly ideas for spots and my approach is this. If you can do it to me in real life, I'll let you do it to me in the ring. Because if it's so wild that there's no fucking way you could ever pull this off in a shoot, no one's ever going to believe you could do it in, in the ring in, in, in a match. Yeah. So if you think you can do that, do it to me now. And if, if, you, if you're able to do whatever it is that you wanted to do, like that ring spot, then if you can straighten my finger out and take it off my hand, then... Certainly, you'd be able to do it 25 minutes into a match. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. let's let's give it a shot. It's just but, making the ref to like have the ref block stupid. the champ's punch. Yeah, <laughs> like stopping it mid air. Yeah, like, stopping it mid air, like, dude. I was like, oh god, that it's is terrible. not good. That is not good, pal. Um, one thing else uh, that was not really not good last night, and I was like, because mm, I I think this guy is fucking phenomenal on the mic, and uh, I would love to be able to write something for him but my first note would be you gotta get in shape bro uh eddie kingston returns to AEW Oof. television last he put night up 30 pounds at least dude and uh, i think he had had a hernia surgery which oh, um okay. yeah and that's what he was out for and and whatnot and I'm, i hope he's doing all good from that you know what i mean a lot of wrestlers do that's mm -hmm. uh something's kind of common with us yeah and it can be dev completely devastating uh you know when you catch one if it's in depending where it is that's why i stopped lifting weights i was afraid yeah. i could feel like little tears starting to happen mm -hmm. in my abdomen mm -hmm. and i said i i need to slow down with this because i didn't want to experience that ripping open you know and having that problem and right our best buddy josh he's been dealing with hernias for years he finally got cleared to have his last yep. one taken care of but 
that sidelined him for how long? I mean, it's been a six year thing, dude, from oh. his liver till now, right? Like, uh, and and I, I, we went out to lunch because that was the day we went and looked at the property together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just a good day of like, finally, I'm at the end of the road with this yeah. fucking yeah. shit where I can really start to get in and live my life. And he's longer than six years because we closed shop in 2015. Yeah, but he, he went seriously down then. downhill, like, right, like, 2017 was when he was in the hospital for there, almost yeah. a year straight. Yeah. So, uh, to have him with us and to be taken off the liver transplant list is fucking <laughs> no less best, than a miracle, best. really. So, but to, for Eddie Kingston coming back from that, okay, I'm glad he's feeling good, dude, but... You know, I, he and I, New Yorkers, battle the bulge pizza lovers. I'm not going to yeah. say I don't know. And we both cut a hell of a promo, I think. Uh, but if he's the difference is he's on TV making his comeback. And if I know that's yeah. the plan, I'm not going to be like, I'm coming back looking way worse than when I looked mediocre when I yeah. left. You know what and, I mean? And the thing is, if, you, if you're not in that best shape, wear something bigger. Or put a jacket on or do something to camouflage it. Yeah. Like if you go there and you're proud of it, it's like, I don't believe you can do the things you're doing with the shape that you're in and the age right. that you're in and the you know, time you've been gone. I don't, I don't buy it. But what, what I, if he was going to be back, I would just make him be a manager rather than a worker because at this point, I, I don't, I don't really see too many dollar signs on him. He had his, they tried to push him into that next level guy yeah. and he just mentally can't get there. So if he would have dropped the weight and shown that he was, and that's not like a prove it to Vince type thing. That would have been a prove it to the fans type thing. Like yeah. we know you were an indie guy. We know you got all the heart and now you're here and we want to get behind you, but it looks lazy. You right. look lazy by, by not giving them, you're all that you've been working for this spot for decades. You finally yeah. got it. And now and, it's now it's time to eat more Krispy Kremes. I don't right. think so, B. Yeah. Like the fact that he, if he came out and been like, you know how much I like this, or I love these fucking fans, that I have to eat the worst fucking chicken and broccoli and rice every yeah. goddamn day. White fish, I'm gonna, yeah. throw I'm gonna fucking kill somebody. Like <laughs> let let the diet drive his rage, which is what he's awesome at. Instead, comes out where he's gonna fuck off Claudio. Dude, Claudio whoop his fucking ass in yeah. a shoot in two seconds. Yeah. Like if he would have come out with an ice pick and started stabbing guys, now that would have been <laughs> right, right, that would have right. been real Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like, sure. and it wouldn't matter. Like you now, he's just crazy. But to come out and go, hey, look at me, dad bod god, and I'm gonna fucking beat the right. shit out of top tier athletes. Mm, didn't look right, man. Right, giving the know? backhanded punch or whatever, like oh, like an aluminum bat or a pipe or some some sort of something. Because it's one guy versus five, you get you know, yeah. an equalizer, if you will. You know, have him bring a two by four like hacksaw, like something. Yeah. But you know, he does nothing for me, and uh, he's one of those guys who spent too much time in the biz. And uh, like you said, he finally got a spot that's going to pay off, and he doesn't treat it seriously at all. Yeah, and and to come and to know, looking in the mirror, I look at art myself. I'm like, you fucking fat, pathetic bastard. <laughs> right? Like if I was going in your head, yeah, that's yeah. why. I have Kowalski in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on my head on my shirt. Time I'm around the business. Whenever I'm around, I'm I'm thinking like Kowalski, like, what would, how would he be doing this? What would he be doing? Except no bullshit. You know, 
do it the right way or don't do it at all type deal. And yeah. it's the same thing that you've been dealing with. Get up, you lazy bastard. More push-ups. Yeah, more yeah, come on, you Why fucking you fat cocks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that, that fact of now you're coming back after you've been on the shelf, you know that this is possibly your last shot to really get over and you come back looking like that and everyone in the crowd goes they're like oh eddie kingston's music here he comes and then they go holy fuck okay all right yeah. <laughs> you know like not the reception of no, what you what want at home bro. oh my god yeah 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 they, it's like, the 45 year old hey, yeah. hey take it, let's take it easy let's take it um but yeah man uh he can eddie kingston who quit aew to become part of the roh roster made his return to aew on june 14th so apparently none of that fucking makes much of a difference but we'll cover all this on light the fuse as well i was just like oof i, I want him as a same age guy who've been mm -hmm. waiting for years to get yeah. our shot in the business he gets in and then you're like bro you're not fucking trying your hardest how the fuck could you not you know and just be yeah. comfortable and mail it in i don't know or if coming off that surgery made you that way because you couldn't work well then i wouldn't be coming back right, right now i'd be exactly. like exactly i need another three months to get there i'm gonna do yeah. p90x every day and work my ass off you know yeah. and drop yeah. 40 pounds yeah if, if tony should have been like hey you ready to go yeah you know like absolutely. how you looking right now you know send me a pic of something man i need to yeah. see you before you get i'm not gonna waste travel on you and bring you here and have you be a fart you know <laughs> right. so like how much time do you need you know, to get in shape, you know, but let's see some progress reports and uh, do not show up looking less than your best. Well, that was on K100. It does a mandatory um, implementation of weight training need to be implemented in AEW. And right. uh, that was on last week before this clip last night and Conan and disco are like, yeah, of course you could, you should look, you should just have the discipline to look better, right. dress cool, not dress like a scumbag with like a big shirt that says Lois on it. What the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. You know, and, and, and make yourself look like a star and special. This was the opposite of that, and will reinforce that K100 clip ten times over. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and oh, then, and then, and, you know, probably Eddie a word will get back, Stu report, and he'll fucking go, "I'm bipolar. It makes me depressed right. when you I say these up. things." Yeah, yeah, it hurts my feelings. Yeah, you should accept me for being a douchebag, and not only accept it, celebrate it, and give me yeah, a title. Cel celebrate me. I'm so brave. I'm so brave. <laughs> I'm so brave. That's the world, the upside down world that we're living in is that yeah, you don't dress nice because that's, you know, ridiculous. And don't, don't make it look like you care because you're a mark if you do. And, you know, it's just, it's just so silly. This backwards thinking that we have. And, yeah. you know, it's like AEW goes out of the way to not take bodybuilder guys like Reeves because like the fat, skinny fat guys like Adam Cole don't want to work with them because they look like shit and how are they going to possibly look credible beating that guy probably can't lift them for a slam right and then tony Khan wants to have all the cool friends and all these cool indie dudes or whatever look at all my my cool indie friends that don't want to work with these guys so i'm not hiring them because my cool indie friends will be mad at me you know and that's how you know ultimately that it's not really a business because if it was uh, that being aew if it was a serious business and you're trying to reap the benefits and make money off of it rather than having such deep pockets you couldn't give a fuck because it's just simply an expensive hobby for you. Right. You know, if you if you were needing to make sales, 
you'd be bringing the guys in that will draw in the money. Let me put this by it because this was on Twitter yesterday for Russo saying, I think on Sports Skeet Skeeta, what if uh, the next move, <clears throat> because they're way oversaturated, they're on the WCW trajectory for failure. The tickets, uh, you know, because of oversaturation, adding a new show, Collision, Rampage did 291,000 this week. I don't know what, uh, you know, Dynamite will do. I think it was a, a worthy show for some numbers, but that's because they're giving away the fucking whole cow, right, at this point uh, for free. Uh, and we'll see w- which way it goes because they're not listening to the we should have never made thunder. That's what hurt Nitro and, and tore us down, but we, we keep on that same fucking trajectory all the way around. Um, but they just added... Maybe this is off of BJ Whitmer's spot too, but uh, Jimmy Jacobs has been added uh, to the AEW uh, creative team. Uh, Jacobs has been working with Impact in recent months, but finished up with the promotion this past weekend. Jacobs' departure from Impact was said to have been amicable and received high marks internally. Uh, Mike Johnson uh, via PW Insider uh, reports Jacobs was part of a move to additional staff of, to the company as they prep for this Saturday's AEW collision premiere in Chicago. He'll also be working on the creative process. I mean, so he got fired from WWE because he took the picture with the Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like he does isn't, isn't boys with the most in of the in crowd. And he and from what I heard, you know, worked really well in in Impact. Uh, a strange and eccentric dude carney's queers and addicts in this business that's what it's about you know so mm-hmm. um seems like he's made the full rounds as far as kind of yeah. being a manager to worker to wwe impact and now uh with aew man that's that's a pretty nice goddamn run to be honest with you oh, you know? for sure and uh you know I've, I've been watching a little bit of impact the last maybe month and a half or so and i haven't really seen anything that's been it even seems like angles there. So I'm not really sure what they think he's going to bring to the table, but at this point, because you have so much to produce, you just need more bodies. Just that's yeah. just the way it is. So maybe he'll do something good because if he's working with guys that he likes to work with, that'll be inspiring. Maybe they'll shoot to him on the, on the fave and be like, you know, it'd be a good idea. We've been wanting to work. These guys. Fantastic. Let's yeah. put that down and let me, let me pitch it to the boss. So I think he was ROH creative. I think he was ROH creative too for a while when he was there as yeah, well. He wasn't the, the friendliest or easiest guy to work with when we brought him in at TCW no. during one of our iPay-per-views. And just just arrogant and uh, thought he was bigger than the room. So I couldn't really give two shits about him. But I had a know. interaction with him when I went to Slammiversary and was looking for uh jimmy paradise you know just wanted to say what's up and all that and then we have a you know mutual connection because he worked with congo kong the whole time in kong. right they're boys from starting right. out in school together right right so for for me but like <laughs> he knew of me or didn't want to deal with me or whatever and it was like a very like oh there he is and uh, i oh, gotta answer his question and blow off you know what i mean like yep i, I gotta go all right <laughs> okay yeah very much the same thing that happened with Brian uh, Jorts or whatever. And, and I, it was a very like, oh, he's here? Oh, fuck. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and very uh, similar later to uh, Logano's. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, yeah, yeah. Show me one thing. Oh. Uh, I'll show you one thing, pal. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, shit. messing me, Sorry, one second. Horseman chat. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. 
Road Dog Brian James says wins and losses don't matter while defending WWE's 50-50 booking. Uh, this is interesting to me, and I wanted to get your take on it here. Let me get through all this copy. Uh, during a podcast, uh, Road Dog said that 50-50 booking strategy where stars exchange wins and losses with each other. He says, I know I did it when I was a writer, and it serves a purpose, though it's hated. There's very few people that can tell me that that, uh, that I'll listen to. Very few of them have been in the shoes of the writing 52 weeks a year and 12 premium live events in between those. So very few people have that honor burden. So I'll listen to some of y'all tell me that it's not hard and 50, 50 isn't necessary. I wouldn't say it's necessary, but I would say if you want to keep every character in a position to where they're promotable and look, it also goes into my bigger philosophy and it's this is going to break the internet of wins and losses don't matter. It's about episodic TV. And that's how I look at it. Now you can look at it any other way you want to, but from an episodic television show, which is where we all know that where the money comes from now, uh, that's what rules the day. You got to keep the characters like Becky Lynch doing well, but you also got to use a character like Becky Lynch every now and then to make a newcomer look well. Mm. There might be an instance where I need Becky and exactly what she is, a star. I need her star power to give said NXT upcoming star the carrot and the clout that she deserves when coming in. Oh my God, they beat Becky Lynch, right or wrong or indifferent. It's a philosophy. It's a philosophy disagreement if you agree or disagree. Um, you you want to respond to that, or I can go ahead. And well, you know, it is the things. philosophy. He's right about that. Everybody has their own way of building people, but I've never been a big fan of it. And you, you need to have strong booking, and you need. I think they do matter. Um, I will say this: if you are a great worker, you can get past losses. But the thing is, is if people keep seeing you lose, you lose your steam. That's all there is to it. And if I would ask, I would say to Road Dog, well, let me ask you this, Road Dog. How many times you see Triple H lose flat on his back during his entire 20-year run? They would build him up all year long, beating everybody and their best friend. And maybe he would end up doing the job at Mania to do the payoff, but he would go, he would be over all year long yeah. to do one job at the end to, to, to blow it off. That's smart. That's just Triple H kept himself strong doing that. Um, how many times you see Hogan lay down during his run? Not many times, not a, right? Not, I mean, no, not much at all. There's and everybody was over. Back oh, then. I like it. What you're talking about is building a strong, dominant baby face, a heel. You can build the same thing. Heels need heat. Make your baby off your heel, so you're not making any baby face until a heel puts them over to start with, right? And wins and losses don't matter in the fact of 50-50 booking of like they lost this week, they won the next week. That's terrible to me wins and losses definitely matter not in 47 and two i mean i guess in 60 and 0 or 22 and 0 whatever it is yeah if we're doing a streak they might but a loss for a heel drives their id so a loss matters not in the fact of it's on my record but what does it do to me psychologically right. that drives my character to a psychotic place or for a baby face that goes, I got to train harder, study more tape, right. improve myself, and get better, stronger, And it's faster. all in the angle. It's all in the way it's booked. Yeah. Because, like I said, a, a loss can be stronger than a win if you're a good worker. Absolutely. Because like, it's, it's your motivator. Because yeah. you only learn through failure. You don't learn through success. You learn through or, or the fact, that, yeah, in that failure that you need to become even more maniacal or you're you're even right. more pissed you off. Double down or something. Yeah. Right, exactly. Or it, it sets that trigger where like someone just loses yeah. their shit. But yeah, but 
when you when you're just booking them under because you needed somebody over and then wasn't your night, that's terrible. And you're and you're wasting in in his scenario to me of oh Becky Lynch is strong because she's the man and she's been made because she's a champion and then you bring in an NXT talent who's green as grass and you put him in there and going well Becky's over so it's given her the rub right. and the crowd will think that she's over now there's a little truth to that slightly but, but the thing is is that if she's already done the job to her that was the whole Austin's point of leaving is because they wanted Brock to go over on Austin during Austin's peak rather than building Brock to get to Austin. Right. You know, you don't have Becky lay down for, for Zoe Stark immediately. You no. can have her get over on her, not in a match sense, but get over on her in a situation and get her in the mix with Becky. Right. To have Trish go over because Zoe, Zoe gets mixed into it. Right. Trish gets the win and, and Becky and Zoe gets some heat. She starts building her own that, character. That's just the rub, right? Of right. the, of the fucking main characters. And now you're fixed in there, but to go in a match and then be like, Oh, she, she's going to go over on her, but she'll get the win back. So no worries. That's where this new, I don't say new fan, this ignorant fan who thinks they're fucking smart and they say things like, it's 50-50 booking and da, 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 And like Road Dog even has to acknowledge that right. like, call, to call explain that, yeah. it to you. Like, no, dude, like the, the real thing is heels need heat and make your baby right. off your heels heat. Babies can be booked <laughs> it's not strong. Hard. No, it's Dude, not. Like, uh, this, this, it's so no, the numbers, the numbers, and the stats don't mean shit yeah. unless that's the story of what's going on. And even this week, I go back to what Russo was saying, which would have been a phenomenal storyline. And it pisses me off that they're not doing it because they just had him come out to do. You know he's going under, but the Miz versus Cody, good WWE match after he sure. comes in and tank him this week or whatever. But if the Miz was on that, I'm not going to fucking have a thousand losses on my record. Now every match means something. Right. Every loss means something. If he right. would have lost to Cody, imagine losing his fucking mind afterwards, punching walls in the back, and there's only four more losses till he hits a thousand and people are chastising him. That's when a loss means something because right. it's driving the motherfucking story. Right. When I, and, and like I said, this is very, very simple. And maybe it's because of the way we were trained, we we see it. But I was, even in my greenest days, my second match I ever had, second or third, was a mixed tag team. A guy and a girl versus a guy and a girl. And uh, packed house. And I said, I'm going to get pinned by the baby face girl. Because I knew when that happened, the fucking place would erupt. Sure. Rather than being an egomaniac and going, I'm not getting pinned by a girl. No fucking way. No fucking way. First of all, she was a, a shoot black belt karate expert and uh, was a fantastic hand, had been working for 15 years. And my partner was another girl who had been working 15 years. And uh, I'm like, okay, here, like, here's how we'll set up during the match. I'll sneak in when, you know, the girl baby face is on top of the heel baby face and I'll stick her so my partner can then get back on top, you know, doing things like, oh, guys hitting a girl or doing things, you know, that's not cool. You know what I mean? It's like it hadn't been done 30 million times on TV at this point. This is in 1993. Okay. So they weren't doing mixed tags in WWE back then. Yeah. And uh, so I said, she, she, she finally, like the, the, the match goes like 15, 20 minutes. And finally get to the point where, I'm whipping her into the ropes, and she ducks her clothesline. She comes up from behind me and schoolboys me and gets me one, two, three. And I sat up with my eyes like, like, and I sold it like, I cannot believe I just got pinned by a broad. 
Yeah. And the place went, yeah. standing up and cheering. I'm like, this is so easy. So easy. Wrestling bro. is so, so easy. Stop complicating things. Like, just if, if you just work, to, and I, I couldn't wait to do the job in that match because I knew that's where all my heat was. You know, like getting you like people, hey, you got pinned by a girl. Yeah. Oh, you son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what you want. That's yeah. not what you want. Just so, when we when we just did the battle royal, when I went over for the title, there's a girl named Bam that we bring in, uh, you know, uh, thick black girl. And uh, she does a lot of Rikishi spots with the booty stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? But I'm on, you know, whoever it was in the ring, one, two, three, four. And then she comes out and they're like, oh, girls in the rumble turn feed for boom shot 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 on me and pe- do you hear the place oh because oh, they're yeah. paying off my heat grab her by the hair march her back to the corner this is the kiss me kayla time yes, like yes, you're yes. going to kiss me too go for the kiss switch reverse light me up again you know what i mean all that shit big hip into the corner and people were going nuts for it but like because you're not just gonna Unless they pay five dollars for it, then I'll slap a bitch across the face for fucking, <laughs> you know, to come in and start lighting her up with punches when yeah. she comes back. So it just takes that bold woman to like, yeah, I am woman, hear me roar, and and the and the guy to be surprised and shocked that he got fucking taken right there. You know, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that, especially right. she's a super heavyweight too, sure, and sure. fucking puts it on me. You know, yeah, I, I did a kiss spot with my wife a couple times in mixed tags back in like '94, '95. And uh, I would mix tag, and I would get her in the corner, and I'd be like, like hold her hair in my hand. I got her in the buckle. I'm gonna punch her. And, I, yeah. and the crowd's like, oh no, no, don't you dare! And I take her and I give her a big kiss, and she freak out and start beating the shit out of me. <laughs> and then she put me to the corner. I come out, she give me a big clothesline, pick me up, and give me a slam, boom. And I scoot out of the ring like, oh my god, oh my god! And the place would go fucking nuts. Nice. It's it's so easy. Like, oh, she kissed her against her will. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he son of a bitch stole a kiss. And then she would just be like, just light me up, light me up, light me. Up. And then, like, I I scoot out of the ring, and she goes up to the ropes, and she's like, put the arms up, and people go, oh. Yeah, yeah. And, it's so easy, man. It's just so freaking simple. Uh, uh, I don't know if I should blow the finish on this. I'll, I'll talk to you off stage. <laughs> okay. Just because I have an idea for a kiss spot that's that, but it's it's the inverse of that, and it, it would work both ways, I think. Uh, but I like that one, too. Uh, let's see. Uh, WWE producer offers aspiring wrestlers looking to get noticed uh, some advice. Uh, maybe climate change, maybe B12. Uh, but during an interview with McGuire on wrestling, producer Tyson Kidd, TJ Wilson, offered advice for aspiring wrestlers looking to get noticed. He says, I totally understand why you would, as a talent, as a performer, do high risk moves. I totally understand on any level why you would try to do whatever it takes to get noticed and stand out. So it's hard to kind of put a cap on and say like, well, this shooting star press is good, but the 630 is pushing it. <laughs> For example, Jack <laughs> Evans at one point could do a 630 in his sleep. So when I am, so who am I to say, hey, dude, you shouldn't be doing that because, you know, if I hadn't been signed when I got signed, I would have kept trying to get noticed too. But I understand uh, the chase and the kind of leaving, so no stones unturned. So uh, I get that side of things. The other side of things is that, like, these crazy moves, they're awesome, and they'll go viral or whatever. They might get the right eyeballs on you, but they don't make a match. What I mean is they're not the only part of the match that matters. When we were younger, we all kinds of had that mindset, but you realize, okay, it's not about that. That's a good addition, no doubt. It's a great addition if you can do these things, but if you can't or you feel like you can't do it correctly every time, you're putting yourself and your opponent at risk. 
then maybe it's not worth doing because the truth is it's not really going to make your match. I'd rather see intensity and crisp wrestling versus stuff that may not be done 10 out of 10. Now, if you can do that stuff 10 out of 10, then you have my attention. But again, it's not the be-all, end-all, and it's not the be-all, end-all of my world and where I work. Um, yeah, man, this guy would know after taking a muscle buster from yeah. uh, Joe and his career's over, like, don't take risks because at any time, uh, you know, especially if you're not already being paid like crazy and getting over, then uh, it, it could be a dangerous situation for you. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and let's just say this about Joe. Joe is a safe worker for the most part, you know. I'm, yeah. But I'm sure his that uh, Tyson kid's neck was probably hanging on by a thread by then anyway. Sure, so, it's all I'm compounded sure injuries. Thing, yeah. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's right. You gotta you gotta impress. I think the best way to do that, like you said, is hey, get in the gym because that's you're gonna pass the first eye test right there. And like, hey, this guy cares enough to get his ass in the gym and look good and look the part. That, that's number one. Two is like footwork in the ring. You know, is this guy gonna trip over his own two feet? And I, I wouldn't let him touch me if he's gonna if he can't you know, stand on his own two feet sturdily in the ring right. and get through five minutes without, you know, sucking for wind. You know, if he's going to be holding your body up over his head <laughs> in five minutes and he can't even suck wind. Yeah. You know, that's a tough, tough side, and but yeah, and what, like, what he's not saying, though, that is the most important thing, and it really is, I'm not trying to dog on Tyson Kidd, a fucking great in-ring worker, but not really much character at all. And right. what he's saying here without saying it is moves don't mean shit without right. storyline and character to back them up. Sure. You can do cool stuff. That'll get you on the radar, but yeah. if you can't cut a promo, then, then what are you worth really at the end right. of the day? You know, well, that's ricochet. Like that's the perfect example of sure. guy can do anything in the world. You could imagine up for him, but he can't talk on the mic. He cannot get you behind him to, to, to cheer him on. So he just does cool moves and flips and, you know, his matches are a spectacle. You know, the kids love yeah. him and everything. But think about how much further he could go. If, like, Rey Mysterio, he could do all that stuff and talk. You yeah. Know, there, there, there's the difference between the two right there. Yeah, and it took Ray a, a while to get to those opportunities yeah. to be able to connect. So there is something about being a spot monkey who does incredible acrobatics that will get you over with the ooh and the ah. But it's only going to take you so far, and you can't put in 10,000 hours on that and not have any sharp swords when it comes to the emotional side and the connection side. And right. that's what a lot of guys are doing is just developing the physical and they're still in their 12th graders with that. They're kindergartners when it comes to cutting the promo, right. getting on a podcast. Like this is all reps. Every day is reps when, when you're on the mic, being able to carry a show with a co-host or somebody by yourself, you know, like mm -hmm. they're, they're not even attempting to do that. And that, like, I have super green students and they're like, I, you know, who can cut a promo on this? I can do it. I can do it. And then they get two, three lines in and they're like, wait, oh, hold on, hold on. Let me start. I'm like, yeah, there ain't no start over. Yeah, no, the red light's on, buddy. Yeah, you're <laughs> in the fucking moment right here. Yeah. Okay. And then not to be like, watch this, but I'll go cut my promo for whatever fed I'm working over in the corner. You know, we change mm -hmm. the lighting out and it's one take and done. And they're, and it's not like they're not seeing how it should be done. And I'm glad they're hungry and eager, but a lot of that is false bravado. And that's not just from students. That's from a lot of fucking guys in the game because mm -hmm. it'll be the same shit promo with no real emotional attachment or even being able to be given something like uh, your suggestion is umbrella and go. 
(laughs) you know and like when like they don't know how to go when it rains it pours and it's about to rain pain down upon you so cover up not we don't ever have to say umbrella we just can be inspired and go and go and go and go and go and uh they they just don't have a clue and I hate to say this because I don't know him, you know, but I got to believe TJ Wilson might be in that same kind of fucking category because he is a technician worker that isn't, you know, he's been on the shelf obviously with a career ending injury. So like I said, I'm not saying shit, but I do know that his wife is a fucking legacy and they don't do anything with her. You know what I mean? And, And that's a big problem, dude. For sure. And he was never anyone that was going to cut a promo to, to sell tickets, but his, you know, he was a mechanic in the ring. Like you sure. get in there and let him give you 20 minutes, which is great. Cause that's an important role to have on the show, but he was never one to draw them in just by, you know, grabbing the stick. But uh, what me and my buddies used to do was uh, during the week, sometime when we all had a night off is we would guys would come over to my house. We put a big bed sheet up on the wall and set a video camera up and light it. And we would just do promo after promo after promo, literally for hours. And, for and here's, hours. Here, let me put it to you this way. Not only is the bed sheet up, it's not green, so you have a green screen. It's just a nice <laughs> bed sheet with a couple stains on it, maybe. And then it's a big-ass camcorder that you got to put a tape yep. in, push it closed, run it. You can't watch it back. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you got to go put it in the VCR. Now – if you aren't doing 50 promos a day right. as a rookie and taping this shit, you're a lazy motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. You're and we lazy. look forward to it. We loved it because yeah, it was like, oh, it's the promo most night. fun. Yeah. And we just, we would just for hours just sit there. My, my, one of my best friends who went to high school with me and had known him since like sixth grade, who actually not only was a very close friend of mine, he just a few years ago married my cousin. So he's in my family now. Like, but we, we, we spent hours just talking about wrestling and then doing the promos and a buddy of mine, another guy would come over and we do them. And he was a manager was what I was getting at. And promos are our manager's bread and butter. Cause you're not going to yeah. go out there and bump every night. And if you have somebody who's oh. booking you to do that, don't work for them because that's not how you book a manager. So his, you know, it was in his best interest to get in there and talk on the mic, get used to the red light, get used to that camera, get mm-hmm. used to the lighting See how you look on TV. Did you like the way you positioned yourself? What is it? What about if we do it this way? What if we better do it this way? And it would just hours and hours and hours every single week, just because it was fun, first and foremost. Two, nobody else was doing it. So you're instantly going to be better than anybody else. And then come over to you and go, How the hell do you do that? Yeah, it's how, the, how mo- it's the most important thing. All it is is getting out of your own way and committing yeah. to the bit, right? Some people are so embarrassed to like emote well, in front of the camera, but that's think about being is. an '80s kid, bro. If you even went out of your way a little bit to show that you have charisma, then they're going to go queer. You know what I mean? Like, and you're like, oh my god, they're all going to laugh at me. That's what we came up under. Now we want to go. Yeah, they're all going to laugh at me. Watch this. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's how you embrace it with what attitude. And if it feels, I tell my students this, if it's short of licking the dog's asshole, if it feels weird, do it more. Turn up the volume on it. If you're feeling insecure, that should show you that you're on to something. Take that nervous energy and boost it. And and so no one cares if you're acting and looking like a crazy person. Who cares? It's wrestling. I'd rather I'd rather dial time. you back than than <laughs> yeah. try and pull it out of you, you know. Right, right. It's just and there's, there's, so when you get the chance to do a promo and you nail it, it's just like the greatest feeling. And you're like, mm-hmm. people popped when you wanted to pop, and you held the crowd in your hand. And you go, this was, 
this is why I'm here. This is why I do the thing. You know, this is why I'm given those spots. And other guys go, I'm so nervous. Like even Jungle Boy at this stage, I'm so yeah, nervous. Yeah, that's a problem. Throw up. Are you, are you kidding me? If you told me, hey, this coming week on Wednesday, you're doing, you know, an eight minute promo, I'd be like, I can't wait. Fucking A, bro. <laughs> I actually, I'd probably, eight minutes, I'd be like, ah, I only really need four to get over. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I'll pull, I'll stretch it if hey, you, you want. You want me one. on TV talking for eight minutes straight? Yeah. What's What song do you want? You want Case some Hello Dolly? Oh, well, then get me and MJF out here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, that That's uh, a, a major part of that that is kind of, inferred but left out in what tj's saying that what he's saying isn't wrong about right extra bumps and shit like that that if you can't do a 10 out of 10 or just because you can do this awesome high spot we've seen it we got ricochet we got rvd right. we got, got everybody. like what yeah what are you what are you gonna do that's fucking gravity defying that's right. so unbelievable we can't do it and if that's, they, that's if, they, the if they do see it the if they do see it they're gonna go uh okay cool ricochet we want you to do that move <laughs> they're not gonna go let's bring in this guy to fucking do it right we already yeah. got a guy oh yeah. shit um let's see here here's some guys that need uh some help with promos it'll be interesting to see where they go with this because they uh, have been restarted x amount of times uh wwe tag team could possibly be getting repackaged with a new gimmick Max and male models, uh, Mason Mansoor have only wrestled a few times in 2023, and now their manager is with the Alpha Academy, so they will be repackaged with a new gimmick, but there aren't any further details at this time. Um, says from Fightful, those that we've heard from within WWE creative said that McMahon was originally high on the Max and male models, but he didn't want them to be flamboyant. That doesn't sound like Vince. Right. Uh, that course was corrected under Triple H. I'm just a man who wears makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, a strong <laughs> I don't have to be a proud man. gay American. Yeah, exactly that, right? Uh, that course was corrected under Triple H, so he wanted him to be flamboyant. Who encouraged that? It sounds backwards to me. Uh, however, since Vince McMahon's return, that's been scaled back significantly and has their usage in, in general. Uh, what a pissing contest, by the way, between Triple H and Vince, huh? So, so very interesting, bro. Uh, Kaz put out a clip uh, last night where Vince was saying that from inside sources. Uh, I won't uh, reveal who, but that's exactly what is going on right now, where Triple H apparently has the book mm-hmm. <laughs> until Vince calls in on Zoom <laughs> and changes it. And Triple H has his favorites in his project. Like any, of course, any, every any booker book does that. Yeah. That's nothing new. No, and but but then when you kind of get stonewalled or get put in, you know, timeout by Triple H on, on a story or something you wanted to do, people are going to Vince, and then that creates all the fucking tension of trying to end around game and go that there's the boss, but he's not really the boss if right. you can get over with the boss, but if you don't get over with Vince. Yeah. Now you bury Triple H. Now you're super fucked. So everybody is just kind of keeping their heads down. And um, I think it was Scott Ward, who's a great uh, HMG supporter, uh, retweeted that clip and goes, Russo, Hamid, and Stevie have been saying this for a long time. That is the fucking show. The, right. the the tension between the Vince and play. Triple H yeah. and, the, and the almighty Oz calling in on Zoom where Triple H is doing all this. Then a Zoom call happens. Vince says two things and Triple H's whole fucking night is undone. Yeah. And we see that frustration, Bill, which is probably a shoot. 
you know exactly how it's happening and then those players in between of go ask your mother go ask your father right 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 yeah it's the divorced parents syndrome it's all this is literally the the play yeah you know it'd be funny if you see triple h having like a clipboard in the back and then because the car is like oh yeah all right click scratch 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 goes to the headset Play Roman Reigns' music again. Yeah, yeah. Take that off, throws it. Yeah, then his music comes out. Roman hits the ring and does twenty minute promo. Yeah, (laughs) Triple H. uh, I got to go out for another belt. How many belts are we gonna have? Fine, fine, fine. Whatever, whatever. (laughs) Somebody get me a belt. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. He says under his breath, right right before they fade to black, he can't live forever. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's the whole thing of like, how long till this motherfucker? I'm never gonna die. that's the show right but we're only hearing about it like no one's putting it out in the sheets that there's a power struggle between two but from inside the locker room what a great mafia story of he was just at the brink of retiring and had three days off and like was done and they brought him back yeah it's the don it's the don who lives in the fucking Nope. The Don who lives in the castle that gives the orders that's not connected to the you streets. You want a job here? You're done. Yep. I say you're done. Yeah. And the streets got to fucking handle it when it comes down. You know, like yeah. it's an interesting thing, yeah. but that would show that there's... You want to be a capo? You're a capo. Yeah. You show up to work every single yep. day. And you better not fuck up because it's your neck, not mine. <laughs> right? So yep. very interesting. And, and for those underlings underneath them who are his projects could yep. get heat by association or scrapped, not based on the quality of the creative or the job they're doing, but for the power play between them. So you could be affected and you never know why the fuck the shit's coming yep. down on you. Yeah. Yeah. So then you worry about your own, you know, support group. Yeah. leaving You to go to, to the true power, you know? And somebody's like, like just go talk just to Vince tight, about man. it. Just He's go talk to Vince. <laughs> when it's just yeah. us, we're going to run the joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking uh, fast All forward. Money to, is ours. Fast forward to 2036. This guy right. is still alive? What the fuck? <laughs> it's like those, I don't know if you've seen any of these videos online lately of people watching WrestleMania, and it's like WrestleMania 50 in 2072. And like, we hear one. Two, three, ding, 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 and Roman Reigns' music hits, and they go, oh, oh Jesus again. Christ, not again. <laughs> it very well it. could be, man. Yeah. Very well yeah. could be. Um, we'll see if he uh, makes his comeback right now, but uh, he's had a hell of a career. Kofi Kingston, recovery after having ankle surgery. He says, I'm in Orlando right now doing some rehab on my ankle. I had ankle surgery to remove a bone chip and fix a ligament, and after a massive Oof. Scottish behemoth of a man, Drew McIntyre, landed on my leg, and my body Oof. went east, and my leg went west, and my ankle was completely sprained. But they took out some bone chips and fixed the ligament. That's a strange thing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's not being too malicious about it, but to throw Drew under the bus there, baby, yeah, on, no baby, baby yeah. on baby violence. And now I'm on the mend. Uh, you know, somewhere in between robot and zombie, you know, and somewhere in between I'm working my way back into the fold, so it's all good. Uh, it's good to hear uh, that actually 317, obviously a day after 316, you know what I'm saying? So now I really feel bad with dates and stuff like that. It would be what, 12 weeks on Friday uh, post-op, and I'm doing very well. I actually had the same surgery on the same ankle about six years ago to have bone chips removed. Oh, wow. Uh, so I feel like this time around, like I kind of know what to expect, and I kind of had uh, a schedule for the most part. So, uh, you know, a supreme athlete, man. But, oh, yeah. dude, as soon as I hear ankle bone chips and surgery, yeah. my ankle just started going – 
I can feel my heart beating <laughs> in the motherfucker. Yeah. And here's the so, thing is that, uh, you know, he's got to be 40 by now, man. He's yeah, got a lot of miles yeah. on that body. So, like, he may know what to expect as far as therapy goes, but it could take a little longer just to be safe and uh, make sure he's ready to go because, you know, it, it, it just takes longer and longer to heal the older you get. So, hopefully, he just takes his time. There's no need for him to rush. He's done everything he's ever yeah. going to do. At this point, he's just the, the feel-good moment of the show and hit the music. Everybody claps. We have the fun 15 minutes and, you know, we move on with the rest of the sure. show. So, you know, there's not like he's going to be breaking any new ground when he comes back. So take your time and enjoy this part of your run, you know, when you come back and take it for what it's worth. Why even put him back out there except for, like, maybe for my They never had the uh, the reunion with all three members since no. he broke his neck. They need to have that closure, I think, for me. I think I think Montez Ford turning on on those guys on on New Day like we should have like a buddy scene, and something happens where there's a little heat, and then that's how Ford turns on on everybody, you know. Uh, If you can turn on his tag partner and New Day, but New Day's real value now, not that Woods isn't an awesome worker too, you know. uh, But they gave him a little push, and now he's not. It hasn't been on TV for four weeks, just doing utility and maintenance guy stuff, which is fine because he'll get a great match out of out Mm -hmm. of people. Um, But those guys are more ambassadors for WWE now. They're they're they they've been nostalgia for a while now, and now with Biggie's massive neck injury, uh, this with the ankle and and age, and you know, just give Woods a trombone. They were doing good stuff with G four and and that but that kind of goes to the wayside so how do you get those guys out as uh not a clown act i mean they are a clown act to some degree right but uh you know to to be that goodwill babyface ambassador still whether it's greeting fans at the arena when they're coming in you know what i mean that type of stuff yeah they'll always have a value in doing that type of stuff in first day ticket sale type of stuff come on down and meet new day they're doing you know free games with the kiddies and get an autograph and a picture you know, and a unicorn horn that lights up on your head, you know. So it, it'll yeah, we we got a wear full of house of these fucking unicorns. I bought 70 gross out of these yeah. bastards. We got to get a warehouse full of stupid ass <laughs> things. So, you know, I mean, they'll always have some value that way. And, uh, you know, there'll be that feel good moment. But I, I don't, I mean, if you were a booker, I mean, how much, you know, you're not putting the titles back on them if you don't no. really need to. There's so many other guys that need that right now. And um, they, they've had their, their run in the sun. I mean, they, they played it all out. But that's why I say, like, for me, the biggest moment they can have is the reuniting all of them on TV. Because they've had, they've used um, Big E, like, in commercials for Snickers or other types of weird things, cellular phone sure. type thing. And they've also had them go to, like, football games and give the belt to guys. That, that's what their value is. is but they've that never had mean, him back no. on TV since he got hurt. He's never been back on TV as Big E. They've never had a return. So I think that if they could do the one, once they're all healthy, Bring them all together and at least maybe have a send off or hey we're getting ready to retire or whatever we're we're calling it a, a, a night on the new day, you know then then they all you know go off into the fucking sunset or like you said you try to make somebody off of them before they go. Yeah, I think a couple tricks like New Day takes over SmackDown for commentary. They do the whole night on commentary. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, some- that's two hours. That would be a lot, but maybe a segment. Yeah, you know? I, that's why I thought a segment would get over, but then let them take over the whole show. Like, well, they could do the segment during things. during the uh, profits match, and they kind of goof yeah. around a little bit too much. Like, hey, motherfucker, I'm out here busting my ass, and all I hear is you guys snickering. What's so fucking funny? 
how about this court? Like, even though they wouldn't be heels corporate new day where they go to the new headquarters and they all got offices, but they make the new headquarters fun and like do office ribs with people, things along those <laughs> lines, you know, yeah. uh, just having fun with, uh, you know, and getting people who never have their face on WWE TV, a little cameo shot, you know, what by I mean? the way, that new building is, uh, it looks incredible. Oh yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome for but sure. The old building looked awesome when you drove by it. Just, People are like, it's the like, difference between shit. VHS and, and 4K HD. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, the, it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and that old building was in the sketchiest part of fucking. Yeah, it was a shit area. <laughs> yeah. I hated driving around there. Yeah. Yeah. Murder hotel right there. And they had to have TV in like a completely different building. It was just like the corporate headquarters, then like mm-hmm. the production area. It's like a 10, 12 minute drive between one to the other. But yeah, you're driving through like residential neighborhoods going, what? How the fuck? Because first of all, it's Connecticut and you can't afford to live there. And secondly, it's yeah. hood as fuck. And you're like, yeah, you're like, how, how, yeah, how can you not? Like, how are these people affording this place? Like, two blocks from WWE headquarters. Yeah. It is going fucking by Howard Finkel's ghetto. house. And Howard Finkel had a nice little house, a yellow house, like a cape. Like, it was, it was probably a six minute ride to the headquarters. And the house was probably worth a million bucks, but it was so tiny. I thought, yeah. man. He bought this house 30 years ago or whatever, you know, like when he got signed back probably 40 years ago. Yeah. Never, never moved into anything bigger as time went on. So, you know, you know the thing had been paid off for hundred years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, man, how are thinking, you know, what kind of a house would he have? You'd think a mansion, right? Could be around for so long and being the voice of the company, tiny little yellow cape, probably a three bed, one bath, you know, one car garage type. I don't even think it had a garage. It's a driveway that could fit one car there. Very, you know, very humble. Yeah, very, very humble type place. I was very taken aback Ta- by that. Taxes were twenty seven thousand dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking. Well, idiot. you know, you think about how close you live to New York City. You know, it's yeah. not going to be cheap. You yeah. know, yeah. But it, it's, it was just funny to see. Like, wow, that is so. Uh, lower middle class. Yeah, house. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Nothing well, wrong with yeah, that no. I mean, uh, man smart enough to put his money away. Person. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was just cool. It was just didn't buy into the status thing. Couldn't have given a fuck. That was his house, and that was his mm-hmm. house. That was it. That's all there was yep. to it. So. Uh, Baron Corbin fires back at a fan that public publicly body shamed him. <laughs> uh, as seen on the twenty uh, June thirteenth, twenty twenty three edition of NXT, Baron Corbin defeated. Uh, Dragunov to become the number one contender for Carmelo Hayes' NXT world title. That's interesting because I heard a lot of good things about that Dragunov guy. It seems like they were going to build him like Gunther and then to have Corbin come in and beat him. But Well, he was coming off of uh, getting his ass kicked in Dragunov when he okay. worked uh, D- D- Dijak. Okay. In the pay-per-view, they beat the living shit out of each other, which isn't pro wrestling, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but had a swollen mark on his forearm that was so big it looked like he had broken his forearm during the match he has mm-hmm. a brace on it now and they never said if it was broken or not but uh so he's coming off of this big match where he you know so you can he's still selling from gotcha drive, so, he, so corbin kind of picked the bones there that, right, that, yeah, i'm, I'm yes. down with that i'm down with that then uh during the match corbin's shirt was ripped off and some fans tweeted about corbin's physique one fan wrote that corbin's wobbly fat and should hit the gym more often here's corbin's response to being body shamed he says i do five days a week you pile of shit i lost <laughs> nearly 80 pounds since football i work yeah. harder in the gym and on my diet in a day than you will work at anything your whole life damn proud 
uh, the fan ended uh, by deleting the tweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like the real Baron Corbin, the real Me life too, Baron bro. Corbin. I, I'm a fan of his. I just wish it would translate into his character, but it does not. And uh, he is a bit flabby, but that's because he, like you said, when he was a full pro football player, he was 280 pounds. Yeah, he was huge, and he lost a ton of weight, and he looks he looks good. He's fit, and he, he, another guy who's not getting any younger. So yeah. would you, you know, you have to have that, that balance in your head. Here's a guy who's only going to be so far. They tried giving him the rocket ship to the moon, didn't take, so they cooled him off. He's going to be a mid-card guy that helps other guys get over at this point. He's not going to go on to kind of I disagree. Gas. Sorry, you, you you hit it right there. I don't know if you heard uh, okay. ideas, but I think I laid this out with you even maybe, but rocket ship to the moon is exactly what it needs to be. And it's not to the moon. I mean, even though we can get the doggy coin stuff over, it's getting Elon Musk in WWE working with Grimes who did the doggy coin thing and his whole catchphrase is to the moon. Yeah. And we're going to have the first wrestler to make it to Mars. And, and we shoot the whole thing. Like they shot the first fake moon landing or the fucking Elon <laughs> Musk, uh, Tesla in space shit. Yeah. And Baron Corbin thinks he's going to be the first wrestler on Mars and we even get him in the spacesuit. And when he turns around, Grimes is already there on Mars and beat yeah. him to it. Like after all that, but we get an Elon pre tapes and maybe an Elon at WrestleMania. And that would take Baron Corbin instead of being a utility guy. And who gives a fuck about wrestling is the best stuff he did was when he was down on his luck, Corbin, yeah, that out was, of a dumpster. I agree, 100%. This, that, this is just more character what I'm work saying like is he, was, he didn't have to be jacked to do that role. No, no. So dude. there's no point. What I'm saying is there's no point for him to get on a ton of sauce for, for a run that's not going to probably happen for him because he's already – he was jacked when he first came into NXT. He was jacked to the gills. His neck was out to here. His arms yeah. were gigantic. He had the long hair, the tattoos. He looked like a million bucks, and then his hair fell out, and his body went along, alongside that. What's but, what's uh, better, uh, a fucking NXT match with Baron Corbin or Baron Corbin strapped into one of those fucking yeah, five, Baron Corbin five, saying five G gravity things better. that's peeling his face back and <laughs> right like as right, he spins yeah. around and and then and then and Grimes we we pan back and Grimes happens to be there and turns up the fucking thing from three G's to five G's and he's fucking <laughs> whipping around even yeah. more right like that's what that's the fucking value of what these yeah. guys bring to the sure. table bro. Yeah, I, I I I don't even know if Grimes has that in him to be able to be that guy, but hey, if it works, it works. But uh, you know, well, he was already doing the doggy coin millionaire thing. That's why I yeah, see the tie in. I don't with know Elon if they still do right that, there. but yeah, it's just. Oh yeah, he, well, he says to the he moon. Still, he still says that, yeah, but they don't bring. So. Yeah, it's just a weird dynamic with him right now. Yeah, I think well, they brought him up without having an idea of what they wanted to do with him. Uh, no, but he worked his ass off and was on all the B12 oh, sure. and, and advice, you know what I mean? Florida water he could get on. Uh, he made his dues. See. He was an indie guy like anybody else. Yeah, he so. made himself stand out in, in impact, too. You know what yeah. I mean? He did yeah. a good job. Uh, backstage news regarding SummerSlam plans for NXT brand while we're talking about him. Uh, but uh, this is about uh, Steiner's kid here uh, from Twitter account Boozer, a.k.a. Better Wrestling Experience. says, uh, you noted a lot of roster movement will be taking place and fans should expect to see names go around until they balance every brand. According to that Twitter, a few NXT talents will jump to the main roster soon, such as Braun Breaker and Dragunov will have their time in NXT before making a move. Oh, but such names as Braun, as Braun Breaker and Dragunov will have their time. I don't know, man. 
man, I feel like we missed the fucking window with Braun Breaker already. Yeah. And it's all based off of Scott Steiner doing all the, or Rick Steiner doing all the fucking, uh, bullshit cat calling at WrestleCon on, uh, um, Oh shit! What's her name? Fucking uh, oh, the girl in Impact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and dude, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the Transgender. guy? Transgender. Oh, Scott Demore. Yeah, it's uh, his, his girlfriend, right? Yeah. Uh, and and putting it over that uh, you know, like once that fucking <laughs> message of hate hits, I think Braun or uh, yeah, Braun Breaker was probably gonna debut the night after. And that got scrapped. You know what I mean? There, there isn't much of a what else is there left to do for Braun Breaker in NXT at this yeah. point. You know, and now he's going to wrestle Seth Rollins this coming Tuesday on NXT for the World Championship. So, like, you're going to have Seth do a job, which you're not. You know, no. it's not happening. Or you have Braun no. do a job, which kills him. Or you can have a schmoz finish, which helps nobody. Yeah, fucking. They, so, are you going to kill Braun Breaker? Or are you going to have a thing that hurts everybody? And they want to make NXT look like a standalone brand. That's why they're bringing these guys now, down. But it, it looks shitty. Like it here's the conversation look like that. I would be having with Josh the week before this match. If we were in the okay. TCW office, like, I would say, "Now hear me out," because <laughs> that's how I would start everything off. Like, don't cut me off. Let's listen to this idea. Yeah. All right. What happens if Braun Breaker wins the world championship in NXT? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. That's his ticket to Raw to because show up. Why to Raw. the fuck yeah. not? The title's not? two weeks old. Nobody gives a fuck about it yet. What would happen if Seth Rollins slips on the fucking banana peel? This fucking the dog dog faced gremlins kid comes in. I thought I was being a smart shit. I went to his I was I played in the away team. I thought I'd be, you know, it'd be a homecoming for me, but the kid fucking ate me alive. Now he's the world champion. I lost the belt. Do you do it? Do you do it? Eat him alive, or do you do a run in with a eat main him roster, alive. main roster heel heater that comes in to be the no, the, no, the because trigger. fuck that. He needs to be established to be a strong he's guy a, on his yeah. own. He's a fucking heel. He's two hundred and sixty yeah. pounds. If he can't do it on his own, then fuck him. And he's, and he's a heel, so he can fucking gouge his fucking eye, bite the side of his face, do whatever he has to do. Seth was not ready for it. I thought I was dealing with somebody completely different. Boy, was I fucking wrong. I, you know, as much as I hate to admit it. He got the best of me that night, but you know I have you know I have my claws in my back pocket. I'm ready to go into the next pay per view. I need a couple of weeks to get ready for this because there's going to be like a fight like I've never had in my entire life. This kid came out of nowhere and ate me alive. Mm. I don't ever want to be embarrassed like that ever again. I like I, I, it's an interesting idea on paper. It makes me worried. Is he ready for the main roster with no real debut? Doesn't matter. We, you train him. Train him on the job, brother. Train him okay. on the fucking job. Okay. He he. Seven months in, he was the NXT champion, and he did a fine job in the beginning yeah. with that. It's only because of the lack of fucking um, uh, creative that, that you know slowly but surely you know his second run wasn't like this stellar thing because they had took everybody and brought him up to the main roster. He had nobody to work with. And then you do, then you do super rib uh, and hire Giselle Shaw and make him his valet. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> right? like, Why not? Everybody gets over and gets yeah. fucked over. But like that, all I can say is the only thing that would make sense in this scenario that would get people to talk isn't the schmaz finish, isn't the champ going over, isn't fucking Braun Breaker looking like shit. The only thing that would get talk is that Braun wins the belt because no yeah. one's gonna think that's gonna happen, yeah. and then boom, he hits the scene. As fucking champion, he debuts. As One of the belt before even being on the fucking show, that's making a star. Yeah, I, 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 I'm down with that idea to be in a top three. 
you know, I would I would also have up there the classic WWE, but I, I when I I haven't watched Braun Breaker, so I didn't know he was a, a monster heel that way. If he was a baby face, you wouldn't want him to pick the bones, but a heel can slip over on somebody. So if there was other side business that warranted that, I'd put that up there too. That's just because it's what Road Dog and Deuce and those guys would fucking understand. But your your choices far more bold and would definitely work. You just got to stick to the guns. You got to fucking swing for the fence with it. You want to make a guy, you got to make a guy. Yeah. Yeah, The unpredictability of it. That's, that's the fucking, Oh my God, shock factor. And he's a guy who could 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 carry it. Yeah. 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 He could carry it. And plus you, then not only he put on like another 25 pounds of size, like he yeah. looks like he could take Seth Rollins. Okay, so there's a lot of Florida water going down. All right. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, interesting, man. That's a that's a great take here on the Friday locker room. Our final story of the day. Interesting. I, I started to get to this and I got sidetracked, uh, you know, in our great conversation here with the Striz. Can't say thank you enough, Striz, for being a call here on the Friday locker room. Uh, but Tony Khan addresses rumors of Warner Brothers Discovery being interested in WWE television rights. Says, I don't want to talk too much about the contract we have here with Warner Brothers Discovery, but I definitely have some pretty favorable things in there. And given the commitment that Warner Brothers Discovery is making for AEW with Collision and Dynamite, I think it really shows that they're fully committed to AEW. We just had AEW All Access launch on Max, in addition to being on TBS every Wednesday, and TNT Friday, and now every Saturday night, and starting this week with Collision. He says, I really believe David Zaslav, uh, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav, uh, has been very, very strong supporter of AEW. I believe when he came in and said, I want two more hours of AEW on Saturday nights, that was one of the biggest votes of confidence you could give us. And it's certainly very favorable for us to hear that he wanted that. And then to be able to deliver a very quick turnaround and put together what I think is going to be a great, great show with Collision every Saturday night. So very, uh, you know, uh, Tony Khan uh, baby facing and putting over the networks and not really even uh, – saying anything about the wwe tv rights so who wrote this aaron rift that's a bullshit headline but that there was clickbait yeah there was word that uh you know their time and window with usa and fox exclusivity has gone by and the wwe was gonna look to fx now um with everything that's going on that we've you know, try to look into our crystal ball and be like, these are mistakes of oversaturation and not, and too deep of rosters and ROH and just too many shows, not enough producers, not enough yeah. vision, got to keep them separated. Instead of Warner Brothers Discovery going, now we're going to go with WWE and take the product that we know is going to draw a little bit more than yours is and as the foundation experience. Could Tony Khan become Ted Turner and buy Warner Brothers Discovery and fucking be the the top boss there. If he's got five shows across their well, platform already, and all the the only other real original programming they're showing is sports competitions, which he owns the Jacksonville Jaguars and right. and the soccer team. So he's got the fucking people in his office to do those rights as well. And instead of, and maybe even he brings WWE and Tony Khan buys fucking Turner and then also turns it into a full wrestling WWE and AEW and owns all of wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling makes strange bedfellows, right? Isn't it though? (laughs) Uh, You know, it's not like this guy doesn't have enough on his plate already, but owning a network, I can't even imagine that plus running all the live events. He'd have to extract himself 
from live events. Oh yeah, you're done fully as the booker, right? And or you else just have you to just... hire a great team around you to just to support yeah. you. Yeah, because it's just it just there aren't enough hours in a day even for you know that crazy dude. But I tell you what, if he wants to do that, uh, you, me, and Josh can take over Collision, and we'll have the we'll have the ratings up to a. Well, I'd say a 6.0, but probably within the first, the probably, first year. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hey, if he wants to make some money with the show rather than just, you know, gliding by, then give us a call, brother. We're, we're it does, affordable. It, not, it doesn't perturb me because I know that we know this business inside and out. But here we are as the guys who've, per, uh, me personally, produced backstage Young Bucks segments for 2CW or you booking everything and agenting everything, Josh being the boss to get uh you know the overview of it all done and even though they reach out kindly they still want it kind of as like oh can you believe this fucking bullshit biz instead of going hey you guys help make us we need you like that that call doesn't come well, they, didn't, they did do that to josh they didn't do that. yeah 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 well josh was in a, in a josh rest. has been offered jobs from the bucks and from kevin owens and like hey you yeah. want to work on creative man He's like, I don't know, what the fuck would I want to work there for? Because <laughs> that's just his brain. Is just, he just won't yeah. Well, his, his health didn't match the ability to no, get to but, that No, but I mean, but even like he could never work in that corporate structure. They Because he's just, he works on his own time. You know what I mean? He yeah. doesn't need the money, doesn't need the fame, couldn't give a fuck about clout. And they're just, that's why TCW was so good is because he just worried about the wrestling. Yeah. And that, you know, but... I mean, I was like, well, what the fuck? Pass the job over to me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it works, and it's not that Josh couldn't do it on his own by any means. It's that the three, four, five of us, six of us, really, were the fucking conglomerate, and everyone would go do their jobs as they were best at, you know? And uh, It was a good structure. It worked. And now the talent's in those positions, and they yeah. never had any practice doing that yeah. <laughs> whatsoever. It's crazy. And we've seen we've seen what's come about because of it, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So and, uh, you know what's funny is like I've had a few guys that have done well who have said, "How do you not have a job doing the, you know being a producer?" I'm like, "Well, motherfucker, how many times have you heard that?" Right? Yeah, so many. You know, it, it's just crazy. Like former Ring of Honor champions and former Impact champions and people in people the last TV right now. Tony needs you right now. Okay, I'll fucking write up the notes. I'll send them to him. Yeah. Nothing, nothing in return, right? Like, yeah. you're just like, that's yeah. the same shit, bro. So, well, you want me awesome. to do? <laughs> Wagwan do, man. Well, we we did it here an hour and 45 minutes. You know it was a great show because for me, time just ripped by, bro. Me too, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, uh, quick update. I was uh, seeing if uh, Cafe de Rene, Rene Dupree, a.k.a. the French tickler himself, was going to run in this morning. Uh, but there won't be a uh, SmackDown Live self-help group. Group. Because I'm going to be over there on Cafe de Renee's Patreon watching along with him. Always love that crossover, man. We have a good time. Uh, and, uh, you know, having to, hey, you want to come on last night? I was like, I can't. I got to be with the AEW self-help group. So the SmackDown Live self-help group uh, will be postponed this week, you guys. As I'll be over there watching. Join if you want to. If you survive, if I let you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, what else going on this week? More uh, cannabis, as always. Uh, I think the vet might co-host Light the Fuse with me later this afternoon. I haven't got a chance to work with vet in a while, so looking forward to that. He just messaged me. Uh, and as always, uh, those 11-11 boys, the Wednesday locker room, glad, so happy to see you guys back together, uh, enjoying uh, all these inside clicks. Of the green berets of the Hami and Army is what I kind of <laughs> look at uh, <laughs> the Wednesday locker room as, man. What else you got going on, Striz? Yeah, you know, not a lot. Like I said, it's the summer 
extras. I've got an yeah. open schedule and I'm just having a great time. And um, what we like last week, sorry, I wasn't here for the show, but no. my wife and I took an impromptu trip to California for a couple of days, nice. went to the Del Mar fair, had a blast, ate lots of shitty food. <laughs> and uh, you know, it, we had a, we had a, just a great time. It hadn't been a Cali in a little bit. And, uh, and I was there in the hotel and I was like, Oh my God. And Teresa goes, what? And I said, I'm supposed to be recording the fucking uh, Friday locker room with Hameen today. She's like, oh, no. Like, so I hit you up, and I was like, dude, it just escaped my mind. Like, I, I made one week, and for, for the listeners, like, for two months ago, I said to Hameen, hey, dude, I have all summer off. I'm going to hit every Friday locker room you have coming up. So one week I do it, the first week, the next week, I'm not even. Fucking <laughs> see it. Week two, gone. Like, but that's what... so indie wrestling. <laughs> and I, I felt like I felt so bad that I didn't make it. I'm like, I'm so sorry, dude. No, it's but cool, you got man. King B on, which was, he was a blast right. to listen to when I got to hear that show. It was great. And I'm glad you got to have somebody on there. But I felt like an asshole not being there. But yeah, I mean, I don't really have ever really anything planned on other, you know, off the top of my head coming forward. So hopefully I'll be back next week. And uh, and if you yeah. want me, if you have other people, oh, yeah, man, you yeah, the spot, spots yours for the summer of Striz. I'd yeah. love to have you on FLR, man, all, and, uh, all summer long. Yeah, we'll have, have a great summer. time. And uh, yeah, check us out on the Wednesday locker rooms on uh, I mean uh, Podbean, the I mean Media Group, and uh, yeah, we're dropping them every Wednesday and uh, having a great time with that. Follow me on Twitter at Strangler Steve underscore. And, uh, yeah, we'll have some fun. Yeah, make sure you guys always check out Striz Monday, Tuesday. He puts that uh, tweet out there to to get your shout-out so you can get your name heard on the Wednesday locker room. Let everybody know that you're a real HMG made soldier of fortune out here, man. And, yeah, absolutely had a great time and always do with you, Striz. And I know everybody – Everybody uh, always loves having you on here. And thanks to King B last week, uh, last minute. It possibly because everyone's like, oh, you especially. Fuck, I fucked him over on the shot. But <laughs> I have people cancel all the time for a variety of reasons. And I don't mind doing the Bill Burr one-man show. It, it's a challenge. But at the same time, it's usually I can just go live and the HMG faithful are there with some cool questions to back me up. And they seem to enjoy those too. So I never get really stressed or heat about it because – you know, when it comes to people's lives and sitting down yeah. for two hours out of nowhere, hey man, go live your life. It's only phony wrestling, and there's no real heat of like, fuck, he's not here. He said he'd be here. We can we can carry right. the dirt sheets. It's not a problem, but it's always better when you are here, Striz. There's no doubt about Thanks, that. Thanks, pal. Uh, but y'all are infidels. You got it all here. The Friday locker room for June 16th, 2023. Hacker Hameen blowing up the spot with Strangler Steve. You know where it is. Get vaccinated. Or don't, infidels. No bread, no water, 